We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And right next to me, I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. <laughs> you just keep rubbing it in, don't you? Well, I was trying Picture to think. Yeah, it is beautiful. But next weekend, it's going to be a little different. Can I, can oh, I plug yeah, something? Yeah, please do. Okay. Please well, do. thank you. The uh, We're having an Easter egg hunt next Saturday, oh, April how the 1st. April 1st, April Fool's Day. So yeah. uh, from 9 to noon, come on over, uh, catch Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on, there you go. On the, the podcast or go to KFUO's website and check that out later. But, but come on over uh, Saturday morning, especially if you have little ones. Uh, we're going to have uh, egg hunt, obviously, for three different age groups. We'll have um, a little petting zoo with ducks and, oh, and uh, little, uh, no little chicks. No camels this time. No, we still got okay. the camel droppings to pick up, actually, before the Easter egg hunt, preferably. Yeah, uh, let's hope you get out there yeah, and get that done. Yeah, and, uh, let's see. Yeah, those aren't Tootsie Rolls, kids. Put those down. Uh, we've got oh, face painting, and uh, this year, what, what I what I've kind of pushed for, and I think what we're going to get is a cotton candy machine, too. Oh, so, that would be super oh, cool. Oh, my goodness. Can't beat that. Uh, get baskets to give away, but most importantly, we're going to uh, talk about Jesus, right? The reason that uh, we celebrate Easter in the first place. We'll have a book that we'll give away to the children to, to read at home, too, with the parents, and we, we might read it there, too. Uh, the story of the first Easter Jesus resurrection. So, so. this is at 9 o'clock this, on April the 1st? Yes, begin 9 o'clock on April the 1st. Couldn't yes, you get like, the, big, the big speakers up there and be broadcasting the show as they're Whoa, hunting for now eggs. your turn is an idea. There is <laughs> <Okay>. an idea. <laughs> That's right. By the way, I, I think we forgot to mention it last week again. This is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics. <laughs> I think everyone knows yeah, I that. I think everyone's though. figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, could, could I start with, well, well good. Blessings on your well, Easter thank egg. You. I that appreciate sounds it. Like thank you. That'll be fun. Can I share with you a little antidote, though? Please do. We always an- enjoy an- an- Grandpa anecdote. John's anecdotes. anecdotes. Yeah. So anyway, Lynn and I are walking down the street, and, and the big sign on, on the school there in New Athens says, Scholar Bowl. And, you know, smart Alec that I am says, do you think there's any actual bowling involved in that at all? <laughs> and, and Lynn says to me, she says, no, no, John, it's like, it's like, it's like, like the Gator Bowl. And I said, you know, that's always intrigued me. So how do they bowl? Their little paws, you know, their arms are so short. How do they even hold on to the ball? And she says, no, no, John, like the Rose Bowl. Do you actually think Rose's Bowl? And I said, oh, I thought that was like a, a bowling league for people named Rose. And, <laughs> and, and then Lynn, good. Lynn, without a beat, without yeah, a beat, and deadpan, yeah. she says, oh, you mean like Pete Rose? <laughs> And I knew I had been bested. <laughs> and I knew she's been married to me far too long. <laughs> so, anyway, there's my amusing. That's great. Lynn's quick <laughs> wit wins That's right. again. That's it. I was left speechless. <laughs> like uh, Pete, Pete Rose? Pete Rose. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry. I just had to get that out of my system. Uh, so, now we have Easter egg hunts. We have a, a story about Pete Rose. And what are we doing today? Because, again, Lynn's been getting on my case. You've been doing too much goofy stuff. We want to get 
get to the meat, she tells me. But it's this stuff is so good. I know. Where could you find this anywhere else on <laughs> radio, right? right? Where, where would you want to find it? Where would you? <laughs> we don't even tell people who we are so that we can get away with it. <laughs> That's right. If we said wrestling with the basics right away, they just shut know, us off. Shut us off. That's right. Keep them in the dark. That's, that's the way to do broadcasting. Temptation. Temptation. That's what we started with last week. And, and it's it's like a theme. It's a theme of the Lenten season. And we read what God had said to Adam and Eve about not eating and, and they would truly die. And they turned around and they just did that. They just went and ate it. Uh, and, and, and as we said... Because they didn't believe God. That's what makes it so bad. It's not that yes. they ate some fruit, but 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 in essence, they said God lied to them and that God actually didn't care about them. The only reason he said don't eat of it is because he was afraid they would get to be like him. So where do you want to pick it up from there? Yeah. Oh, and they're naked. And, they, and by the way, thank you for wearing yes. pants today. I feel You're so much welcome. more comfortable. You're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I left the fig leaves at home this time. <laughs> Good for you. So, like a loving Heavenly Father, God sets these boundaries. Adam and Eve, they trespass. They cross the boundaries. They eat. And we, we had this theme last week, too, of looking in a mirror. And, and before that sin, they looked in the mirror. And, and yeah, sure, they were naked, but no shame in that. They saw perfection. Uh, deeper than skin, they saw the image of God itself. And now if they were looking in that mirror, they would look. They would see shame and nakedness. And they, they even hide themselves and sew those fig leaves together. And, and deeper than the skin, they would see that imperfection, now that image of God lost. Yes. Right? Uh, as they look in their reflection, too, I think they would see a need for something to change. They, they would want to be restored, I would imagine, into that image that they lost. Uh, they need someone to save them. Trust, trust me, if we were wearing fig leaves uh, a, a week ago, I would say something needs to change. Something it was needs- cold. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so God provides that change. God provides that that Savior that they so desperately need. And and he does it, you know, He in, in Genesis 3, we, we hear him really spell the consequences of sin, right? Pain and childbearing right. and, and working the ground now. Like you uh, would know anything about your brow. that. I know. Well, <laughs> I've heard stories, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but God, in that same breath, you know, also promises a Savior. So the first promise of a Savior, Genesis 3, verse 15, the first you want, you want gospel that? promise. Yeah, please. That? Thank you. And, and before I do, can I point out something I think that's also interesting? Because sure. at the same time he's telling Eve that she's going to be have uh, children in pain, she's still having children, though, because that was the promise. You'll be fruitful and multiply. At the same time he's saying to Adam, you know, you're going to have thorns and thistles now. You'll work by the sweat of your brow. And yet he says over and over again, you're still going to eat uh, the, the fruit of the ground, which was the promise he made, that you would be nourished by these things. So it's interesting. He still keeps his promises, although now, of course, it's all kind of tainted and corrupted yeah. by sin. That's exactly right. So Adam and Eve, they, they have these special vocations, these special yes. callings yeah. before sin. But yet to be a mother, to be a father, be fruitful, multiply, for, for Adam to work the ground, even in the garden. That was part yeah. of the job in perfection. Yeah. But now these same vocations, these same callings, they're distorted now. Now they're frustrating. Now they're work. Now they're not a joy anymore, but now they're a source of pain and sorrow. So that's what sin does. I mean, it's like looking in a funhouse mirror that distorts oh, your image. Good idea. And here's this image of God that was there crystal clear, but now it's this distorted, ugly, marred reflection. To, almost to the point where we can't even see it. Yeah, but, you, but, like you can't even recognize it. It almost, is there. But it's but, still there. Yeah. And of course, the horrible thing is it's going to end with us returning to dust, which is what he said was going to happen. <laughs> Why didn't we believe yeah. him? You know, well, yep. okay.
Yep, that's what we heard asked Wednesday. But dust you are, and to dust that's you cool. shall return. All right, but here's the promise. Okay. Talking to the serpent now, talking to the guy who was responsible for all of this deception, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. Actually, literally in the Hebrew there, he shall crush. He shall crush your head, and you shall bruise or again crush his heel. Yeah. So this one that, like you said, childbearing will still take place, and one who's a descendant from this woman is going to defeat. And, and it's interesting because not not between the both of them, it's the offspring of the woman. Yeah. So again, we're thinking virgin birth, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, great. So this offspring of Mary, the woman. Yeah. Jesus, son of Mary, son of God Himself, comes and defeats Satan. Yeah, crushes, kept, crushes, crushes his head. Boy, yeah. you don't want that to happen to you. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, death, that's what happens. Uh, and then we have all these neat connections. I mean, we, we, you know, of course, we think of the cross ultimately. and that, like that The crushing of the heel. That, so it's not like the devil isn't going to get his licks in. He yeah. does. Yeah, there's a crucifixion, right? Jesus dies. His his heel is nailed to the cross even. Ooh, I like that um, image. Yeah. yeah. And and I like this image too of that being another tree, right? That the, uh, the fallenness yeah. from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You, but... You'd think it was the same guy writing this stuff, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know. This Bible's pretty good stuff, let it me is. tell you. Uh, but that tree of the cross, uh, not in the Garden of Eden anymore, but now outside of Jerusalem on Calvary, uh, brings about that that restoration. Yeah, to restore that image of God there at the cross, the resurrection, finally, of course, on the last day. Yeah. Now, so Satan's going to be defeated, right? Okay. Yep. Uh, but That's the promise. But he, in the meantime, he's still he's still out there, right? A he's still in this lion world. seeking whom he, he whom he may devour. That sounds familiar. Fiery arrows aimed at us right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So when that seed of that woman comes, when Jesus is born, and he grows up, and he's baptized following his baptism— Guess who Satan's after? He's after Eve's offspring. I, I hear another story. So yeah, on. let's uh, skip ahead then to the New Testament, uh, to the gospel reading that's usually paired with what we just read in Genesis, uh, Matthew chapter four, where we hear about this temptation of Jesus right after Jesus' baptism, and we hear that voice from heaven that says, "This is my Son, with whom I'm well pleased." Listen to him, and then the Spirit leads drives jesus out to the wilderness so yeah if you if you want to read that or i can read that either way uh, okay i'll get started okay. just tell me when to sounds stop. good then jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry who wouldn't be and the tempter came and said to him if you are the son of god command these stones to become loaves of bread but he answered it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god you want me to All do right. the whole thing? Or well, we'll, we'll, just, well, we'll just okay. stop there. So three times he's tempted, right? Here's temptation yeah. number one. Um, but, but, you know, Satan, he, he's up to the same old tricks. Nothing yeah. new, yeah. right? Uh, he's coming and he is uh, he's he's tempting Jesus uh, and he's trying to call his identity into question, yeah. right? Yeah. If you are the son of God. So it's really calling God's word again into question. Again, we just have the baptism. God the Father says, this is my son my with whom I will please, yes. right? My beloved son. And so Satan, again, calling the word of God into question here and also calling Jesus' identity into question. You know, if you really are the son of God, yeah, prove it. Prove it. And, and, you know, Luther takes a neat tack on this that I had never thought of before. Luther thinks this business about turning stones into bread is actually a, a, a mockery. In other words, he's saying, if you really are the son of God, 
How could this be? How could you be in a wilderness for 40 days without anything to eat or drink? Is that really what a loving, heavenly father would do? Put you in a wilderness for 40 days? So why did you just make some stones out of bread, you know? So it's it's just all mockery. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, mocking, you're calling Jesus identity to question, but also calling God the Father's love into question. The same thing he did with Adam and Eve, wasn't he? He doesn't really love you. He doesn't really love you. No, this is a selfish boundary that God has put up around this tree. And here, yeah, your father doesn't really love you. You're out here starving. It it was he that brought you out here in the first place. The spirit led you into the wilderness. That's the point. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't your choice. He brought you out here. What kind of God is that? Which, of course, is the same temptation he pulls on us every time we have a struggle or trial. Constantly, if God really loved you, would he let such and such happen? Would your pet have died? Would you be sick in the hospital? Would you have lost your job? Does God really love you? Yeah. You know? How could he let those things happen? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Same tricks. Nothing new. Nothing new. But they work pretty well, don't they? They work yeah. with us anyway. They work with, with us, us, except there's one that they don't work with, and we're, we're getting there, There we right? go, yep. yep. Okay, well, that's temptation number one. Uh, you want to? Let's read on and, and hear temptation number two. Oh, we're not going to give the answer to well, temptation Well, no, we can't. Well, go ahead. You well, read no, it, right? You. Did you read it? You well, read no, it. I didn't read it. He answered, I thought you read man it. shall not live by yeah. bread alone, yeah. but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes. Yeah. You know where that's from, Matt? That's from the Bible. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> We're in the Bible. That's from, so Jesus quoted the Old Testament uh, Deuteronomy. That's right. Yes. So so think of it. Cause, <laughs> no, let's see. The context is what makes this really interesting. So this is Moses commenting on the Israelites who have been in the wilderness for 40 years, not yeah. 40 days. Yeah. And yet he said, look at this, guys. You were fed. 40 years you lived in a land where there's nothing for you to eat or drink, and yet you had stuff to eat, you had stuff to drink, your clothes did not wear out, your feet did not sore. Now, how do you think that was possible? Do you think that was because you were such good guys, or you were so creative, or so talented, or so uh, uh, knowledgeable? No, isn't it true you did that because you had the Word of God? And we don't live by bread but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what a beautiful statement. If you've got the word of God, you can be in a wilderness and and you'll still be all right. You'll still be all right. All you got to do is have the word of God. I just thought that was a neat response to the devil. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm sure the devil, oh yeah, I remember that Moses guy. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But I'm glad you brought up 40 days and and the Israelites because all of this is connected and this is part of why it's included in Lent during that 40-day season that we're observing right now. You, You know, Adam and Eve, you know, Adam, the son of God, right? Yep, he yep. he fails. Uh, the Israelites, the people of God, the sons of God, the the daughters of God, they're in the wilderness forty year, years. They, they fail, yep. and now here is the son of God, right? God in the flesh. How is he going to fare these forty days in the wilderness? Well, so far he's doing so okay. Far so good. So far, because he knows that if we got the word of God, you can be in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah, that has nothing to do with the love of God. Sometimes the love of God leads you to wilderness. You got his word, that's okay. He'll t- in fact, if anything, you're better off in the wilderness because there you know God is taking care of you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's no, it can't, it can't be otherwise, right? right? Be it's otherwise. not me. It's not anything in and of myself. It's, it's got to be God. All right. So now are we ready the, for the second? Okay. Then the devil okay. took him up to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. All right. Oh, you want me to read the whole thing? You want me to read the answer to? Jesus said oh, to him, sure. Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Okay. All right, good. So again, 
Satan's up to his old tricks. And again, calling his identity. If you are the son of God, do this. You know, calling Jesus' identity. God's the father's loving to question. Yep. And then he quotes the scriptures again, but he, he misquotes them and just twists the words to tempt Jesus. I mean, isn't the devil a sneaky Terrible if, if the deceiver. Devil, if the devil quotes you the scripture, you better look it up in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm telling you. Check you look it out. Because he's either taking it out of context or as he does here, he leaves something important out. Yeah. 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 So what does he leave out that's important? Well, well, the the promise is actually this is the same verse in the psalm, but he leaves out the middle of the verse so, yeah. that that the angels will take care of you when you walk walk in your ways. In yeah. other words, when you're doing the things that God has given you to do, you decide to take it take it out on your own, do how you think it. No promises, all bets are off. But yeah. when you're walking in the ways of the Lord, yeah, His angels will watch over you. Yeah. So Psalm 91 is psalm written by. By Moses, Moses, if I remember right. Oh, well, there you go. Isn't that interesting? You know, that is so, interesting. So Jesus just calls to mind Moses, and now the devil says, okay, That's, fine, yep. I'll quote Moses then. And here he is using twisting Moses' words, God-inspired yep. words, to tempt, uh, and leaves some out conveniently, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. L- Luther's uh, insight on this was there surely must have been a decent set of steps to come down from the pinnacle. See, that's the way God provides you to get down from a pinnacle. <laughs> yeah. Take the steps, take the elevator. There might be a ladder there, but jumping off, no, that's not the way that the Lord provides. No. Yeah. That'll end badly, trust me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, Luther, that guy. Yeah, pretty clever. So, and again, Jesus answers again with scripture. Uh, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Yeah, yeah. Good. All right, so number three. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall, fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Yeah. Thanks. So again, the, the Satan deceiving line again, as if acting as if his the kings of the worlds are his to give. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the first place, uh, talking to the one who's their creation, telling him this, and finally Jesus <laughs> seems kind of fed up. Be gone, Satan! Right? Uh, and he leaves. That's what I always talk about. He, that text. And the devil flees. That's the all, devil flees. See again, all you need to get survive in the wilderness is have the the word of God. All you need to, to survive the devil is again have the word of God because he hears the word of God and that's it. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus tempted just like Adam and Eve was, yep. uh, but the difference is Jesus remains perfect. He remains pure. He still has the image of God. He is God. Um, and the devil flees in his presence. So Jesus does what Adam and Eve couldn't do. He does what every person since the time of Adam and Eve can't do. He did what we can't do. Jesus remains without perfect, innocent. He remains good. Uh, and he does it for us. That's the key thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not just for himself. It's not just to show what a, how good he is. No, he does it for us in our place, right? Can, can I share with you a, a thought that came yeah, to me? Yeah, please do. Because sometimes this whole story, well, in fact, like you said, it's the foundation of Lent because Lent is supposed to be a 40-day feast. A uh, fast, not a feast, a fast. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to your church. <laughs> what, what are you doing over there, New <laughs> So, so anyway, but, but that's the problem. See, we take this and we think, oh, this is our, this is an example for us. So we're supposed to, like Jesus, we're supposed to fast for forty days, and and maybe by fasting we can overcome the temptations of the devil. And, and yet, of course, if you actually look at this text, you realize the whole point of this text is this is something we cannot do. 
Trust me, Matt, you and I would not survive 40 days without food and drink in the wilderness. I don't know if we'd survive 40 hours. Well, uh, so, well you want to know? Here's the here, you Talk to the survivalists. It's the rule of threes. Yeah. The rule of threes. Number one, if you're outside in the midst of the cold, in the midst of the winter, you got three hours to find shelter. That's all you got, three hours. Three to find hours. If you don't have food, you got three weeks to find food. That's as long as you can live. And if you don't have water, you can live three days without water. Those are the rule of thumb for the survivalists. Well, I mean, there are stories of people going a whole week without water, but yeah, no, that's at 40. Not a shot, not a chance. There's no way. But that's the point. This wasn't supposed to be an example for us to follow. In fact, if anything, it is to say, you cannot do this. Mm-hmm. You take on the devil, he's going to whip you, and you should know that because that's what he did to Adam and Eve. So I'm going to stand back and say, here, talk to my buddy here. Talk to Jesus. Yeah. He's the guy yeah. that you need to deal with. Uh, uh, take on the uh, the armor of faith and all those things that Paul talks about. Because it's not about me. It's like you said, it's about what Jesus has done for us. That's the crucial thing in overcoming the devil. That's right. So that that was my insight on that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and I think that's I think that's Paul's insight too. You the think Apostle so? Paul. You got the Paul. So Paul's yeah, in yeah. here. All right. What so do we let's, want to we'll see? go to Romans chapter five, verse nineteen. So in our, our readings in the weekend when we cover this, we've got Adam and Eve. We've got Jesus in the wilderness, but then the epistle reading is from Romans five. I think this ties everything together. We, we talked about Jesus. What we might call his passive obedience is death on the cross, and that's so crucial. But also Jesus' active obedience is keeping the law on our behalf to fulfill the law for us, to do what we can't do. We want to keep that in mind, too. And I think that's in the wilderness, certainly that's part of what Jesus is doing. And I think this is really what Paul picks up on, too, in Romans chapter 5, uh, because this ties together, I think, so beautifully, Adam and Jesus and us. So if you want to read that, I uh, Romans 5, verse to. 19. For as by the one man's disobedience, that's Adam, for as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, that's Jesus, by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? That that just sort of sums it up. I think it encapsulates it in one verse. The obedience of one man made sinners, Adam, the, the one man's obedience made righteous. Oh, thanks be to God. And so we, we keep having this mirror analogy that I keep bringing up. But if, if we looked in that mirror, yeah, we, we see our sin, we see our shame, we see our ugliness, we see our imperfections, we see our extra wrinkles, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but because of Christ, we look in that mirror. And because of that one man's righteousness, uh, we are made righteous. And we see someone who's forgiven, someone who's, who's loved, someone who has an identity in baptism. Uh, we see perfection and and one day when he returns that that image of god fully restored uh in heaven uh, on the last day isn't that a blessing and and it's just that simple it's not about anything we've done it's about everything that christ has done for us and that totally changes the image like i said that totally changes the image yeah well, Matt, thank you very much. Thank you for leading us in that discussion about uh, both the temptation of Adam and Eve, the temptation of uh, uh, Jesus, and the fact that he is indeed the one who has come to obey uh, for us, and by his obedience we have now been saved. And again, hey, blessings on your uh, Easter egg hunt. This, oh, thank this you. coming yep. uh, first. Where, where again, where's that being held at? That is being held at Ascension Lutheran Church for the corner of uh, Eichelberger and Donovan, right across from Francis Park in 
beautiful South St. Louis. Are you having it in the park or on the church grounds? We're having it on the church grounds. Okay. All right. Very good. And uh, please do get the uh, camel droppings picked up before. Will do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we wish everybody God's blessings in this Lenten season. This has been Wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.